Thank you. How are we doing, everybody? All good? Borodar? I think I've said it before, but you just need to know I've been sent as a missionary to the pagan English to make sure that the gospel, the real gospel, is being preached and um, that they're still living by faith. They're doing okay. You know what I mean? They still can't play rugby, but they're all right. How is everybody? Had a good Christmas? Happy New Year? Looking forward to 2023? Good. Listen, the just shall live by works, effort, energy, faith. I want to talk about living by faith. I want to talk about this whole thing. Can you remember when you, if you're, if you're a new Christian here this morning, please forgive me because you're in the middle of this. But can you remember what it was like when you were first saved? I was saved in 1986. I remember going to a, an evening gospel meeting, sitting in the back with my dad. God was already convicting me. I'd been working on my life for about 10 years. My mum and dad was serving in an apostolic church down in Neath. And I was, um, I knew I needed to give in, but I didn't want to give in. I wanted to do it my way. I wanted my thing. That night, I gave my life to Jesus. And, you know, my dad led me to Jesus. Uh, prayed with the pastor in the back room. And in them days, they used to bring you out, well, in the apostolic church. They said, right, everybody was there having a cup of tea. They said, right, tell everybody what you've done. Uh, tonight, I just give my life to Jesus. And all these old women started coming up and kissing me. I've been praying for you for years, love. Oh, this is marvelous. This is incredible. That began my faith journey. I went home and I sat down to my mom. I said, what do I do now? She said, best bit of advice she ever gave. She said, do nothing. Just wait for God to start working in you. Don't try and run ahead of him. Don't try and lag behind. Just, and I can remember going to the prayer meetings. On them days, it was Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night prayer meeting, Wednesday night Bible study, Friday night youth, and then you start it all again. It was just like living in church, living for God. And I can remember going to the prayer meeting, God, I want to be filled with the Spirit. I was a smoker because I'd just come out as a 24. And so I can remember wanting to be a member. And I remember the pastor saying to me, um, again, I'm going back now, 35 years, 36 years. He said, well, you'll have to give up smoking before we can make you a member. <coughs> so I used to go out every week, pray, 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 pray. I need to give up. And then I gave up smoking. I've given up smoking. Can I become a member? Okay. So they made me a member, baptized me in water. And then my first prayer in the prayer meeting. Can you remember them? <laughs> Father, I just pray that you bless me. Amen. <laughs> and it was like this huge leap of faith just to do something. But I did it. I remember testifying in church. I fasted for three days before I testified. I invited all my workmates. They were all sitting. It was a Wednesday night. And I testified. And I was trembling as I did this. 10-minute testimony in the middle of a meeting. Anybody remember what I'm talking about? So nervous to do anything. I can remember the first time I testified in what was then Penagross. 3,000 people. Oh, man alive, I was petrified. I can remember the first time I preached. I can remember the first time I led somebody to Jesus. Can, remember, can you remember the first times? The problem is, what happens to us is, in the early days, it's all faith, 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 faith. We're moving from unsettled new Christian to settled Christian. And what happens is that we learn the ropes. We learn what it is to put on your Sunday best. Now, we don't wear, in my day, I bought a blue suit when I got saved, a big black King James Bible. Um, went to church like everybody else, and I looked the part, and I felt the part, and I was trying to be the part, living by faith, 
These days, we don't do that, but we put on our Sunday best, and it's changed. It's not a suit, no, it's a smile. It's hands in the air when our heart is sitting down. It's, it's a, yeah, everything's fine, thank you, God is good, when inside you're thinking, God, why are you letting me down so much? God, why am I living the way I'm living? God, why aren't you coming through for me? God, and we have all this stuff that happens inside of us where it used to be all of our faith, but now we've almost got used to the routines of living, just doing what we do. Let me read a verse, a couple of verses of scripture from 1 Kings chapter 10. King Solomon made 200 large shields of hammered gold. 600 shekels of gold went into each shield. He also made 300 small shields of hammered gold with three miners of gold in each shield. The king put them in the palace of the forest of Lebanon. Shields, gold shields that Solomon made. Solomon was the third king of Israel, and even though he wasn't probably the most powerful, it seems like David was the power, but David had blood on his hands. Solomon saw peace, prosperity, and abundance like no other king in Israel up until this day. He had so much wealth during that time that it says that silver became as common as stone. Every day, ships would come in, bringing in the wealth. Every year, 660 talents of tons of gold would come into the nation. It was everywhere. Solomon was the one who built the temple. He was the one who said, when we build this temple, we're going to build it for God. Inside the temple, when he walked in, and even outside the temple, gold was everywhere. Everywhere you looked, everything was made of gold, or it was overlaid with gold. So when you walked in, the walls were overlaid with gold. Every utensil you picked up, was made of gold. Why did he do that? Because he was saying, God, you are above gold. You are above everything that the most valuable thing we can find on the planet is gold, and it represents who you are. It symbolizes who you are. It signifies who you are. But I will worship you with my gold. I'll never worship gold. It was a statement of intent, but also it was a declaration that gold had its place, and God had his place. It says that at that time, he made 200 of these gold shields. One of these shields in today's money was 15 pounds in weight, 263,884 pounds each shield. And these guys would walk into the temple when he was going. 200 warriors would be flanking him. He'd walk to the temple, and the gold wasn't to indicate how rich he was, it was to indicate faith in a God. Gold in the Bible talks about faith. He will purify us and bring our faith like pure gold. So when we see gold in the Bible, it purifies divinity. It, 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 it symbolizes divinity. It symbolizes faith. It symbolizes this act of God in our lives. Gold was precious. Gold was incredible. Gold was amazing but it worshipped God. It submitted itself to God. And Solomon made sure that it found its place. Solomon established his kingdom. He built his kingdom. Gold was everywhere. But go on a generation. Listen to what it says in 1 Kings 14, four chapters later. This is verse 25. In the fifth year of King Rehoboam, Shishak, king of Egypt, attacked Jerusalem. He carried off the treasures of the temple of the Lord and the treasures of the royal palace. He took everything, including all the gold shields Solomon had made. So King Rehoboam 
made bronze shields to replace them and assigned these to the commanders of the guard on duty at the entrance to the royal palace. Whenever the king went to the Lord's temple, the guards bore the shields, and afterwards they returned them to the guard room. Rehoboam had become king after Solomon. You might know the story. The people come to him and say, look, your, your, your father Solomon put a lot of weight on us. If you, if you will lift the weight, we'll serve you. If you don't, I don't know if we want to be around in this anymore. Solomon went to the older guys, and they said, Look, if you just ease the tension on them, they'll serve you. It'll be good. We'll keep the unit together. Everything will go forward. He went to the young guys because he was a young king. And Rehoboam said to them, listen, this is what the people have said. They said, no, no, tell them. We're going to scourge them with whips. We're going to drive them even harder, which is the stupidest thing you can imagine. But it says, this was of God. And so he stood before the people and he said, no, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be harder than my father was. And it says that right at that moment... The ten kingdom, the ten tribes went, and Judah and Benjamin were left now worshiping Rehoboam. We had the split of Israel. Because of the split, Nico, who was the pharaoh, or Shishak, who was the pharaoh down in Egypt, he, he sees the split and he thinks opportunity. So he comes, he invades Israel or Jerusalem takes all the treasure away. And so Rehoboam knew, I'm on the new cusp of what's taking place. I'm trying to show that I'm the king. And so he's now taken all the gold shields. Every time the king goes to the temple, they're going to be looking at the gold shields. The people are going to be thinking, well, what about the gold that Solomon? And so he said, I know what I'll do. I'll make brass shields. I'll make bronze shields. And so he gets these bronze shields made so that they look the same even though they were different. They looked like the real thing, but they were a cheap copy. You see, if you look at the difference between gold and bronze, there's, if you're looking at it from a distance, you wouldn't be able to pick out which one was which. But when you get to understand about gold and bronze, you see there's a complete difference. The thing with gold, gold is how we measure things. Gold is actually a pure metal. You never mix anything with gold. Gold on its own is the most valuable thing. To create bronze, you have to mix two metals together. You have to bring two former metals into one, and now it represents. But with gold, it's pure. It's absolutely on its own. In fact, they used to talk about the gold standard. When something was so good, it was the gold standard you give it. Gold doesn't perish. So if you have a gold ring, you can leave it on your windowsill forever. It'll never perish. It'll never gather anything. It'll never um, decay in any way. Never rust and nothing changed to it. Bronze, if you don't keep polishing it, it will deteriorate. It's open to the elements. It's affected by what's external to it. When you look at gold, gold has a higher melting point than bronze. Bronze can actually... Uh, withstand heat but gold is much stronger also gold is heavier than bronze probably three times heavier and so when these shields were seen by the people they were seen as being the same but they were completely different and i want to talk to us today about what it is to have real faith and what it is to have bronze faith a mixture because we're living in days where what you say these days is often more important than who you are. Especially if you live in the internet world. 
What you say carries so much more weight than anything else. Opinion, understanding, knowledge. And we have all of this interaction with people. But we are followers of Jesus. And what Jesus is looking for us and looking into our hearts about is, are you trusting me as the source of your life? Are you living from the purity of me in you? Or is it me and you? Did you hear that? Is it me in you or is it me and you? You see, when I became a Christian, the Bible says this. It's no longer I that lives, but Christ who lives in me. The old is gone, the new has come. What is that new? It's new life, but it's Christ's life. I must decrease that he might increase. But yet in our modern day living, it's all about how you can increase. How you need to take control. How you need to have an opinion. How you need to fight for your rights. How you need to speak up about that. And you need to complain about that. And that's not right. And this is not right. And that's not right. And what we do, we mix what was pure. And now we're carrying bronze shields instead of gold shields. And we replace subtly. So it looks the same. But actually when you cut it down, is it actually his divine life in us. And some of us, I want to say to us this morning, the reason you have so much guilt and condemnation is because you're trusting in what you do and not what he's done. Hello? You're actually leaning in how you feel rather than leaning in his faith. His faith. His faith has been given to each one of us. And as we stand in him, he understands what it is to be God in us. So I want to ask you this morning, is life exciting, fearful, terrifying? Because you're living by faith. Or is it predictable, boring, insignificant? Because you're mixing faith works with your works that become no works. It's interesting, the writer to Hebrews calls the writers back and he says, you should by now be eating the fullness of the word. You should be on steak, but I've got to call you back to milk. And what does he talk about? He talks about resurrections. He talks about faith and, and forgiveness and all the things that we think, ooh, flipping egg. If I was living like that, I'd be doing okay. Well, how far have we gone astray if that was milk? For some of us, attending church is about as much faith as we, not in this church, but so I want to give you a few things that we need to think about this morning. Is this okay? You're all looking very serious this morning. You doing okay? I know it's after Christmas, but I want to set us up for a good year. First thing, God wants our faith to be pure, not mixed with anything else. The just shall live by faith. Just shall live by faith. You see, I think for most of us, there was a time when we used to be willing to look foolish for Jesus. Can you remember the first time you walked into work or the new place of work? Maybe this was recently for you and inside you're thinking, I've got to tell them now about Jesus. I'm a Jesus follower. I tell them I've got to go to church and I tell them I pray and I believe in miracles and I believe in one God and I believe in Jesus, the person. And I believe, can you remember the, the flutters that you have when people ask you? In fact, can you remember, if you're anything like me, 
hoping you can avoid the question long enough for you to just get in so they get to know you a bit before they start asking you. It's that thing of the internal. The, um, what happens with us is, you see, there was a time I didn't care. I didn't mind. I didn't worry because I knew that I was saved, that I was loved by Jesus. But what happens is reputation comes along. And people get to know me for who I am being, not for who I am. So the way I act, the things I do, the things that I talk about and all that type of thing. But faith, you see, isn't living safely. Faith is doing what is risky. Faith is stepping out. Faith is it's not mixing it up. Well, I'll have a bit of me and a bit of God and I'll do a bit of this and a bit of that. No, there's, there's faith living. It is the cross that saved us. Nothing else. Nothing else this morning. I don't care if you've had a brilliant week. I don't care what you have done in that sense. Obviously, as a church, we care. But I don't care because your faith is not according to what you've done. But I've had a brilliant week. I've been testifying of Jesus all week. Doesn't get you any more higher on the level. I've had a terrible week. I've been screaming at the kids. I've been kicking the cat. I've been doing all the different things. Well, it doesn't matter neither. Because you're not judged by what you do or what you don't do. You're judged by your faith in the one who's done it all. It's about putting our trust in him. Can you remember? I mean, it's great to see people coming out this morning and, and sharing prophetically what they believe God is saying. Can you remember the first time you prophesied? First time you laid hands on somebody to pray for them. God, please come through because I'm going to look stupid. You didn't come through, but you, I did it. But then something happens. Something shifts. You were believing God. You believe in God. You believe in God. But then something subtly shifts inside. You think, I'm sick of looking a fool. God, you don't come through for me. God, I don't know if you really want to do this. And what happens is we go back in and God's saying, I want to do something in you as well as do something through you. Faith is not about you seeing a miracle. Faith is you believing for the miracle and pushing into the miracle and being the miracle carrier until the miracle comes. We love to quote Smith Wigglesworth. Smith was asked once, if you were, if you were praying in a line and, and a line of 10 people were there and the first person you prayed for dropped dead in front of you, what would he do? He said, I pray for the next one. And what if they drop? I pray for the next one. He said, I... I'm called to pray and release what's in me. I don't care what happens to people. It's nothing to do with me. That's God's business. And sometimes we look at outcome and God looks at input. He looks at, I want you to be a person of faith. I want you to stir up your faith. I want you to believe me. Yeah, but God, what if you don't come through? It's none of your business. Because when I'm ready, Noah built a heart for a, on a heart. <laughs> Noah built an ark. It took him 100 years. 100 years of turning up with no rain, 100 years of walking through the same thing, 100 years of facing the same mocks and the same stairs, same situation, and God says, keep building, keep building, keep living, keep doing, keep acting by faith, because one day, the clouds will come, the rain will pour, and you'll see the deliverance of your God. We've got to live by faith. You see, we used to be all about relationship, and then we got into religion, so it used to be about being honest. Then we got into pretend. Gold shield. I'm having a bad day. I need prayer. Could you help me, please? Would you please help me? I, I'm thinking sinful thoughts. Now it's bronze shield. Me? Sinful thoughts? Not a chance. There's not one person in this room who doesn't have sinful thoughts. Not one person. 
Every one of us. And yet you would imagine, if I was an alien who beamed in this morning and we did a survey, we'd all be answering, perfect, brilliant, loving, wonderful. Sometimes I want to thump people. Maybe just me. Maybe it's my Celticness living among the pagan English. But sometimes I want to thump people. Sometimes I get so disappointed. God. And then I've got to slap myself and say, but I just live by faith. I'm not going to mix it up. I'm not going to pretend anymore. Because I've lived in the pulpit pretending. Because we can do it, can't we? Rah, 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 rah. Yeah, 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 yeah. This year, this year. Now listen, I believe in all of that, and I will do that even if I'm feeling as if nothing's going to happen because I believe your confession is important, faith is important, declaration's important. I think even acting in faith is important because it's better than living in where you feel. But sometimes, sometimes I'm struggling with Jesus. God, why aren't you coming through? God, I don't understand. How can you bless them? It's not fair. Do you know what they do? Do you know who they are? Do you know what? This is just me, I know. I'm having a therapy session. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Sometimes we come before God and we say, oh, great and powerful God, but we don't believe it. Sometimes we speak incredible prayers, but our heart's not even registering. Just words, just rhetoric, just religion. Used to be we didn't care, now it's reputation. It's what we've earned. It's what we've got. It's what people think. <gasps> what do people think of me? What if people really knew? Can you imagine if everybody knew what you really thought? <laughs> I wouldn't be standing here for a chance. You see, faith is nothing to do with me. God wants us to, second thing, God wants us to reflect his beauty, not the beauty of a bit of him and a bit of us trying to look the part. He wants us to reflect his beauty. It's only him. It's only him. This is all about him from first to last. You didn't die. You didn't make the decision. Grace drew you. I'm not a Calvinist, but I believe enough in the sovereignty of God that Jesus died 2,000 years ago. When was I saved? It was 1986. Yes, but he was in Christ. That when he died 2,000 years ago, that's when I was saved. That's when the miracle took place. I just moved into it in 1986. And by grace, I'm standing where I am now. That's all of us. But what happens to us is we, we try to reflect Jesus because we learn patterns and rhythms and how to be a polite Christian. You know, the worst place in the world to challenge somebody about their behavior is a church. You know why? Because we're not supposed to offend anybody. I can't read that in the Bible. The Bible doesn't say don't offend. In fact, it doesn't say blessed are the peaceful. It says blessed are the peacemakers. What does that mean? We, we're moving in to bring peace into situations. We're walking with the gospel shoes of peace. It doesn't mean we give in to everybody and agree with everybody and we become this passive bunch of La, 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 land, people. There's a fire in faith. There's an edge about faith. 
There's a risk about faith. When you're around people of faith, you don't know what's going to happen. You're walking in the supermarket, one minute you're having a chat, next minute they're praying for somebody, and they're nearly falling into the freezer, and you're thinking, oh, my word is so embarrassing, I can't stand it. It's, it's all going on. Why? Because we're living by faith. We're on the edge. There's something where God can download in a moment where I've got to talk to that people. I've got to phone that person. I've got to write. I've got to give that thing. I've got to do that thing. Why? Because we're living by faith. When's the last time? This is so old. This feels foreign saying it, but when's the last time you did something for the first time? Because that's what faith feels like. You see, people walk into our church and we're having a chat. Do we remember what it's like walking into church? Oh, man alive. Let's go to the nightclub tomorrow night. Well, it wouldn't be on, but let's go next Saturday. Walk into the nightclub, see how you feel. See how foreign it feels. See how that's what it's like when people come to church. It's like, can I sit down? What, 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 do, I, what do I do? What do I don't do? I've had phone calls, or our church has had phone calls. Uh, how much do it cost to come to church? Do I have to dress a certain way? What do I have to do when I come? Why are people asking? Because they don't know. And we live in clusters while people are living in faith, and we forget what faith looks like. It's raw. It's rugged. It's it's just this impulse of God moving us forward. And God wants you and me not to just reflect who we are. Christians are not meant to be nice. They're meant to be stretching, challenging in the right way. And if you're somebody who says, well, I'm challenging, maybe you need to sort yourself. So, but in the right way, risk takers, where we're reflecting the, the beauty of God. Beauty of God is very unpredictable. So Jesus prays for one guy, gets, him, gets his blind eyes open. Next minute, he's putting clay into somebody else's eye. And you think, what's going on here? I thought he was by clay. No, no, no. But, oh, it's a word now. Yeah, and then he's laying hands. Jesus is saying, look, there's no method. You've got to use faith. And you can do anything by faith. And anything is possible by faith. You can't just mix it all together. It's got to be a reflection of him, not you. And we want it all measured out, don't we? Eight points of living a life of faith. Eight things that you need to do to have a faith life. Eight things, or three things, or two things. And God says, no! You've got to die. What else? Do that, and you'll be fine. But we want to have our beauty and his beauty at the same time. Our beauty, listen, our beauty, filthy rags. Our beauty, leprosy. Our beauty, scars and disdain. Our beauty, ashes and dust. His beauty, white, glorious gold. It's time to drop the bronze shield, pick up the gold shield and start to walk through life again, knowing that we are carriers of God, knowing that we are people of the kingdom, knowing that he is the one who determines us. You see, when you carry the bronze shield, the reflection is dulled. Now, let me just say to you, I know that lots of things in life can dull our lives. COVID didn't help, I don't think. Disappointments, frustrations, crisis, criticism, all the things that you trusted in that didn't come through. And maybe you've been trusting God for a miracle. And you know, sometimes as people of Followers of Jesus, let me put it that way, because I was going to say people of faith. But sometimes we try to hold God ransom by saying, God, you've got to come through for me. 
And we try to use his word to manipulate him instead of his word to dictate to us. God, you said, God, you said, God, you said. And God says, yeah, I did say. Do you believe in me? You trust in me? Yes, so the miracle's coming. And he says, yeah, the miracle's coming, heaven. Yeah, there's, you're going to get that. Yes, yes, yes. I've got it all. I'm doing a miracle in you, not just around you. And maybe for some of us this morning, you're struggling because you're not seeing the breakthrough that you need to see. Maybe the breakthrough is in you, not for you. It's not about removing that person in work. It's not about changing that situation. It's not about getting rid of that debt. And, and God can do all of those things. God, not more, but why would God get rid of your debt if he, if he hasn't got rid of the thing that caused debt in the first place? Are you with me? Faith is deeper than just an, act, an external thing. It's not your beauty being enhanced. It's his beauty in you. And God doesn't mind weakness. God doesn't mind pain. God doesn't mind need. God uses those things to create faith. Because it's in your valleys more than your mountaintops that faith is created and cultivated. Sometimes the thing that can dull us is pain. But pain is part of life. Sam Chand wrote an incredible book called Leadership Pain. It's, talk, it's talking about leaders, but I think it's relevant for all of us. Do you want to become a better leader, a better person? Raise the threshold of your pain. Do you want your church to grow? Do you want your business to reach higher goals? Reluctance to face pain is your greatest limitation. There is no growth without change, no change without loss, no loss without pain. If you're hurting, if you're not hurting, you're not leading. What is he saying? Your pain in your life, very often. A couple of years ago, I went through some stuff and went through this confusing time, let's say. All manner of things going on. God, 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 what's going on with me? God, what's happening? And then last year, I was preaching somewhere and I felt like somebody had a hold of my throat. Somebody had all my confidence. Somebody had taken everything that I valued and just shrunk it. And in that moment, I thought, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. Man alive, what's going on? I'd, I'd managed to get through the issue. I'd managed to, get, to keep everything together. I'd, I'd held my bra shield, because that's the reality of it. My bronze shield was up. I was playing the part. I was doing the stuff, but inside I was empty. I knew that I was in trouble. I talked to my mate, and he said, you need counseling. I talked to my wife. She said, you've needed counseling for years. Talked to my kids. <laughs> talked to my kids. They said, Dad, get some help. Get some perspective. So I sat down with a, a lady in India on Zoom. I met her in, down in a church, talked to her for a little bit. She went back to India. And I've been meeting with her. She's introduced me to the God I never knew. Can you believe that? 36 years. 36 years serving Jesus, the God I'd never met. Help me to get in touch with some of the things that have happened to me that have been defining me my whole life. I, had, I, I got one thing in my mind. It wasn't a big thing. If I told you about it, you said, what? That, that, it defined me my whole life. I was four and a half years. I was going into school, first day of school. I walked into my main classroom. I remember walking in. And I was told, you need to, uh, you know, come in here, went in. 
at the end, they told me, you've got to go somewhere else. Teacher said, oh, you've got to go to a different class. You're too old for this one. And I can remember standing at the door, looking into the classroom. I can remember it now, as if it happened yesterday. I didn't even know about this, that this was any issue in my life. I'm standing there. I pull back. Everybody's looking at me. I hate people looking at me. You're all looking at me. It's fine. But it, I hated I hated it. I felt vulnerable. I felt the odd one out. I felt unaccepted. I felt I wasn't part of the group. I felt that had defined me all my life. I had a revelation. I spoke to God about it. spoke to the Father about it as I was in this counseling session. God came in a different way than I'd ever thought. Why am I telling you all this? Because we've got to get authentic with who we are. We've got to get to grips with who we are. I do not believe in counseling. I have actually taught I'm taught against it, but I've had people who, you know, I'm going count. No, the rubbish. You just need the cross. Just need Jesus. I needed to get in touch with something that was in me that I couldn't. Maybe you can do this through a mate. Maybe you can do it with a pastor. Maybe you can do it with your husband or your wife or somebody. But for me, I'd lock down. And the part was more important than the heart. The bronze and keeping that bronze shield up became so much more important than the goal that I needed to have in God. I have people here, some of you, you're sick of church, you're sick of religion, you're sick of praying, you're sick of reading the Bible. I'm not saying you need counseling by any stretch of the imagination. I went through some stuff that pulled this out of me. If I hadn't have gone through it, I don't think I would have probably experienced the same thing. But I drove down this morning, three hours from Doncaster, talking to God, and I'm saying, God, you broke me last year and built me, and I feel totally different. That's what God wants for us. It's not the bronze of performance. It's not the bronze of always walking into a room and thinking, am I accepted? Can I? Can't I? All this type of thing. It's about God. It's you. It's you and me. It's okay to be me. It's okay to have my laugh, to have my... <laughs> it's okay! Whatever you got that makes you distinct, God wants you to be it. Stop being a sheep and start being an eagle. So that you'll soar on the winds of opportunity. So that you can be everything you want to be. I need to finish. God wants us to be able to stand the heat, not just melt under the intensity. Like bronze. There's a couple of guys in the Old Testament in the book of Daniel called uh, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. They're doing their faith thing. And because of their faith, they're put into the furnace. The king makes an edict. What does he say? Bow to gold. They said, no, we live in gold. We won't bow to it. We'll have faith that is gold, that is in the furnace and comes out gleaming. So they go into this furnace. Why? Because they wouldn't live with a bronze shield. They determined, God, you put us in the heat. You're big enough to keep us. The difference with bronze and gold, like I've already said, bronze can withstand heat, but not that much heat. When you've got gold in your life, gold is completely different. It has a much higher ability to withstand temperature. How's the heat in your life? Getting too hot to handle? I want to say to you, you have far more in you than you could ever imagine. You are far more, if you could drop the shield of bronze, pick up the shield of faith, 
you can stand. Somebody here this morning, you're thinking, I need to pack this in. I don't think I can go any further. I want to say to you, pick up the shield of faith and stop resting on your laurels. Stop trying to figure it out. Stop trying to work it through. Stop trying to put your hand to it. Take your hand off. Hold the shield of faith and trust the King of Kings to bring through the deliverance for you. Here's a prophetic word for you. He will. Every time. It may not come in the way you think, but it's coming. The breakthrough is on its way. And as you stand with the shield of faith, you're going to see the deliverance of your God. You cannot manage it, but he's more than enough. He is more than enough. Final thing, God wants us to carry the weight. I want to speak to every one of us because a bronze shield, if you picked it up, is three times lighter than a gold shield of the same, t- same size. So when the, the, the armor bearers of Solomon walked in, they had 15 pounds on one arm. Now the thing is, right, if I put 15 pounds on, on your arm, it's nearly seven bags of sugar. So it's a good weight. Do you know what I mean? I think it's seven pounds, something like that. Seven bags. Is it two pounds of sugar? Yeah, so it's nearly seven bags, seven and a half. So imagine now, right, with your shopping bag, with seven and a half bags of sugar in, that God says, I want you to walk around in it. Or you can have one that's got two and a half pounds. You see, playing the game is much easier than living by faith. I want to burst the bubble. We think, oh, living by faith, it's easy. Never, 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 never in a million years. Bronze shield is much easier. To come into church, Play the part. Hi, how's it going? Oh, wonderful. Everything's brilliant. La, 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 la. Go home, cry in the car. (laughs) Get up tomorrow morning and think, I don't know what the purpose is. I don't know where God is. I don't know what's going on in my life. I'm going to money. I haven't got nothing. I'm going to stop tithing. That's what I'm going to do. And so you play these games with God and you, you give a bit and you give a little bit and you hold back and you hold and do all these different things. No, no. To carry a shield of faith means you've got to stand and grow your muscles, not get a lighter weight. And for some of you right now, here in this church, and I, I, I'm nearly over time, but I want to say to you, what you're feeling in your life is the weight of faith. And God is saying to you, I know it's heavy, but I'm growing a muscle. I'm growing a muscle. I'm growing a muscle in you. Yeah, but God, can you take it off me? No, no, I'm growing a muscle because what I'm doing in you is far more important than what I could do for you. What I'm doing in you is far more important than you just showing up with your bronze shield looking good, looking as if everything's wonderful. You can carry that bronze shield as long as you like, and you can come to church with your bronze shield. You can worship God with your bronze shield. You can do life with your bronze shield. But know this, it's a poor reflection of what it is to live by faith. Because when you live by faith, the miraculous is happening before you. God's already gone. He's calling you. Come on. Yeah, but God, I'm fatigued. Come on. Come on. Just get to this next one. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Yeah, but God, it's it's heavy. I know it's heavy. I know it's heavy. But I'm growing you. I'm growing you. Some of you, you're feeling the stress. You're feeling the pain. You're moving into 2023. It's the 15th of January. And you're thinking, if this is what this year is going to be like, no, no, no. Next year, you're going to be walking like this. You're going to be walking with a shield of faith. Somebody come down. Yeah, doing good. Yeah, I'm doing okay. Criticism comes. You think, hey, Jesus, I love you. Joy. Why? Because you're going to absorb the fiery darts through what? The shield of faith. Not the shield that is a mixture. 
Let me pull this all together for you. We can survive. From a distance, you can have a bronze shield. To everybody around you, it looks like gold. Do you know why you need to get in teams to serve? Because when you get next to people, they see if it's real faith or not. Because faith has to die when it wants to lunge. Faith has to say, yeah, no problem, that was me. Faith has to say, I don't know why I'm not doing that, but I trust God. Faith has to say, shut up, Gray. It's not your opportunity. Sh shut up. Shh. Be still and know that he is God. Not the person that you're serving. Not the it's when you get up close, that's when the shield gets up. And as we walk together, all of a sudden we create this pathway for the king to come. And in this church, Chris and Lyra don't want to have a good meeting. They want to create a passageway of gold shields for the king to come. So that every meeting, there's enough faith in the room where the worship group don't have to sing three songs before it's hitting. It's hitting people. Miracles are taking place. Breakthroughs happening. People are getting saved. People are coming to the front. I don't know what's going on. God is doing it. God is doing something. It's because they've come into an environment where there's gold shields, not brass and bronze on reflection. Where the house of God is once again determined by gold, not by us. Not by old blood. By gold blood. Bow your heads a moment. Before we do anything this morning, you might be here and you've never given your life to Jesus. You might be thinking, I'm doing okay on my own. I'm, I'm working it through. I want to say, it's not about how good you feel you're doing. It's about him making you acceptable to God. And the Bible says that Jesus died so that each one of us could have a relationship with God, be forgiven of our wrongs, be forgiven of our sin, our shame will be taken away, and we can start again with a new life. It's not a patched up one. It's where he comes to live in you by his spirit, and now he invites you to a journey of relationship and a journey where you can grow in your faith. And if you were here this morning, you've never put your trust in Jesus Christ, never submitted your heart to him, never given your life to him, I want to make an appeal to you today. God is here saying to you, come, I'll accept you if you trust in what my son Jesus has done for you. It's not about what you can do for God. It's not about what you can, how you can live better, or be better. It's him making you better. And so if you were here today, you've never surrendered your life to Jesus right where you are, I want to pray for you. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. But I want to know who I'm praying for. If that's you this morning, you're saying, pray for me. I want to give my life to Jesus. Just raise your hand. You don't have to do anything else. I'll see your hand. I'll put it down, and then we'll pray. Is there anybody? You want to put your trust in Jesus. Give your life to him. Anybody at all? Thank you at the back. Anyone else want to join this young man? Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Next to him. Anybody else want to join these four people? They're saying, that's me. Pray for me. Pray for me. I need God in my life. I'm sick of trying to live, pretending I need to put my trust in God. Anybody want to join these four before we pray right now? Just raise your hand. We'll see it, and we'll pray.
Okay, for these five, this is your prayer of faith. Pray this right now in your heart. Heavenly Father, I come to you right now. And I thank you, Jesus, that you love me and that you gave your life so that I can have a brand new start, a brand new life. Come into my heart. Help me to live for you. I give you my shield of bronze, which is full of self-effort. And I take on a shield of faith where I trust in you for every single thing that I have. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to serve you from this moment on in your precious name. Amen. We're going to sing a song in a moment. Am I, am I okay for two minutes? I'm going to sing a song in a moment. I don't want to keep everybody long, but I believe that at the beginning of the year, it's a great time to do an exchange. You know, when you get your Christmas gift and you look at it and your mother bought it and it's a yellow jumper with a skier on the front. She actually bought me one one year. And you think, Mom, I'd never wear that. And so you say, I've got the receipt because I need to take it back because I want to exchange it for something that I need. Right now, we're going to do an exchange of faith. We're going to bring our bronze shield of effort, of trying, of performance, of living by feelings and emotions and all the things that drive us on the inside and the outside, all the pressures and voices. We're going to bring them. We're going to lay them down and we're going to take up the shield of faith. Jesus, we're going to walk by faith. Jesus, as much as I can, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to look to you. I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to be open to you. I'm going to be aware of you. I am not going to give in to the external pressure. I am going to allow the internal pressure of your spirit to be the guiding factor of how I live. This may be for one person. It's definitely for you. Let's stand. The band's going to lead us. And I just want to invite you to come, stand at the front. When people are here, once we're down in the middle of the song, just going to pray a prayer. We're going to do a, a divine exchange by faith. We're going to release that bronze shield, take up that shield of faith. Step into this new year expecting God to be the miracle worker. When it gets heavy, we're going to hold the shield and understand this is just part of what it is. I feel heavy. That's okay. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Keep going. So just lead us for a little bit. Come to the front if you want to come. If you don't, that's cool. And let's just give God.